Welcome back, listener, to episode 117 of Crypto Weekly. Like Lazarus returning from the dead, like Jesus Christ himself emerging from his tomb, Crypto Weekly are back for your pleasure, listener. This week in the news... KuCoin gets hacked to the tune of $200 million. JP Morgan are caught fixing the price of gold and silver. The CEO of Coinbase provides an exit package for anybody no longer comfortable with the company's mission. And MicroStrategy are now holding all of their cash reserves in Bitcoin. All this and more on this week's Crypto Weekly. We're all back in the studio, bar Mr. Fiat Fu. So I'll go around and say hello to my left, the Geordie Prince. Hello, Ken. How are you doing after our long hiatus, my friend? I'm doing very well, thank you, Ken. Are you feeling refreshed and ready to deliver the quintessential cryptocurrency podcast? I am, Ken. If quarantine has taught me anything, it's that I've lived probably the last 10 years of my life in a perpetual state of sleep deprivation. But that's ended now that I work from home, Ken. (laughs) So I'm fired up. Patrician, my friend, and it's taught you that you can grow the most marvellous upper lip hair. That, that as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. That as well. You make me feel inferior with every, <laughs> every single gaze at your, at your top lip. Well. Uh, slightly further along the sofa, we have Mr. CryptoBeak. Bonjour, it's me, CryptoBeak, aka Big Popper Pump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> incredible intro. Um, as a man who lives with the Geordie Prince... Not to give too much of your personal information away. Uh, do you not feel like you need to grow a moustache as well? Uh, I have been tempted. <laughs> but being that our living arrangements already indicate that we are, in fact, gay men, I think <laughs> if we both rocked a moustache, <laughs> it really would give the wrong impression. Mm-hmm. But then you could be known as the Moustache Boys. Or the Mario Brothers. <laughs> or the Mario Brothers, exactly, yes. If only, if only one of you was freakishly tall. Well, I would take that as an insult if I were you, Prince. <laughs> it's Dr. P. Money on the ones and the twos. Hello, Ken. It's lovely to have you all back uh, socially distanced in my living room. Thank mm. you very much for hosting. Yeah. And over in the back corner, we have Bitcoin Buble. Good evening, Ken. How are you doing, my friend? I'm all right. Not too bad. I'm very glad to hear it. I'm very glad to hear it. Well, without further ado... It's probably time to get started with the show. Biggest news this week, just in time for us to return with the podcast. Thank you very much, KuCoin security team. $200 million at last count has gone missing from the hot wallets of KuCoin. Apparently, they're going to pay everyone back. Uh, I well, I guess we'll have to wait and see whether that is actually the case. Um, but yeah, two hundred million dollars has gone missing, and apparently the hacker has been attempting to get rid of it on everyone's favourite decentralised exchange, Uniswap. Yeah, they've tracked like one hundred and twenty-seven million of it so far. Mm-hmm. Blocked the transactions, all that good stuff. Everyone's working together to make sure this hacker doesn't get his well-earned money, which I for one not happy about. Ken. 
would you like to see the bad guy get away with it for once? Or is he even the bad guy in this situation? Well, I don't know. I'd, I would like to see someone get a score, you know? <laughs> I hear you. It'd be nice to see. Um, we often hear that um, they who hold the keys are the owner of, uh, of, of a said wallet, right? Good point. So... Is it? Do we know that they stole it, or did they get? Act, did they become part owners? <laughs> did they become, well, become the owner? <laughs> it was a hostile takeover. Now yeah. that is very interesting because apparently the this hacker or these hackers did get access to the actual private keys of these hot wallets. Yeah. Okay. So by that logic. They were the owners of this yeah. of this cryptocurrency, yeah. So nothing was stolen. It's not. It's not a story. Somebody has some crypto. Ownership yeah. was transferred. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's so true. It's not not your keys, not your coins. The only person I feel sorry for out this whole thing is as a man who's written a bit of software and fucked up a reasonable amount of software. <laughs> Imagine being the developer that just pushes a deployment or something. If this was if this was an actual hack. And uh, you just see the alerts going off and they're like, guys, has anyone moved $45 million last two seconds? And you're like, nope. And it's could be your fuck-up that exposed a key to someone. And you're just like, how about now? Like, yeah, $65 million gone. How about now? $100 million gone. Like, oh, really need to find what's happened here. <laughs> be a rough day at the office, you know. The test's passed, so it must <laughs> have been all right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, the CEO of KuCoin did go on a live stream to talk about this apparently for the first half an hour was just sat in silence staring at the screen <laughs> unsure <laughs> now we're, that un- is, that- <laughs> we're unsure whether that was some kind of mental breakdown or if he just didn't know that he was live I like to think it's the former I would like just to think he's paying his penance he's doing half an hour sponsored silence for the <laughs> for the poor 200 million but yeah I can just imagine the team as just the alerts are coming in and everyone's like whoa this has gone poorly what are we at now? 100 million? Mm, bad one. Mm. Have you ever made any mistakes, Ken? Have you, ever, have you ever fucked anything up while writing a bit of software in your time? Yes, I have. And one of those was actually um, quantified in terms of loss over the weekend <laughs> for the company. It equated to about £40,000 <laughs> of loss. Absolutely. This weekend? Not this week. Oh. Not this literal weekend. But over, I, I fucked something up on a Friday to the tune of 40 grand yeah for three days people were trying to find out what had gone wrong and I was merrily on my way <laughs> on another bit of the code base that's okay and then my my manager um, my tech lead came up to me on the Wednesday and said oh we found the offending line the offending commit uh, and it's one of yours and I just wanted to say if anyone comes to give you shit about it send them my way because it's not on because anyone could have done this basically and you're like, I don't give two shits, big guy. And I was guy. like, oh, oh, thanks, mate. And he was like, yeah, they reckon it was like 40 grand's worth of loss. Well, nothing, peanuts compared to 200 mil at KuCoin. Yeah, exactly. Okay. There we go. Hire me up. Mm. Yeah. I'll only lose you 40 grand. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm encouraged to learn that KuCoin at least believe that they can pay this money back. So they've made at least 200 million. I think that they think they're going to be able to recoup most of it. Surely not. Well, loads of people is like the people are tracking it, and they've frozen. They've already frozen the majority of this oh, money. Frozen it with a with somewhere that like on Binance or something. Yeah, or like there's some shitcoin that has like forked away all this. Like they've 
they've hard forked to not uh, allow this hacker to have possession of these coins. Right, everyone but, that, but even those measures don't reimburse anyone. It just means there's loads of that token sitting around that can't be used. So how are KuCoin going to... If it's forked, then that means that they forked to the trans... Presumably to the transaction before the transaction ah, of the money being stolen. Okay, yeah. nice. Yeah, so some of it's frozen on exchanges. Some of it, I mean, there's at least one example where they forked away from the fork that had this hack on it. Ally, so, eighth classic. With you. <laughs> so there's, yeah, there's loads of. Apparently, they reckon that 120 million plus is already frozen or forked away from. And. KuCoin, I mean, they claim they're going to be able to pay everyone back, but are they? Hmm. They had insurance, right? Uh, you'd think so, but I mean, what, do they have... How much insurance did they have? don't know. But like also, the biggest what's... insurance things we saw like a year ago were like 400 million or something. I can't imagine KuCoin were, were uh, one of the most well-insured cryptos, crypto exchanges. Just whatever Bit Binance had, they probably had the same. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> they, they copy everything else that they did. Yeah. No, they'll have had it, but about a shit three ver- or four months later, yeah. <laughs> and, and a shit version of it. Yeah. Mm. It was good for the bonuses, though. No, like, the volume went. Yeah, trading volume. Yeah, <laughs> went up. Got all my kickbacks. It's good. <laughs> Do we have any idea how they pulled this off at all? I haven't heard anything. Ken, I'll level with you. Do we think it's an inside job? Oh, and would we like to speculate on that? I would love to speculate, and I am 78% convinced that it's an inside job. Okay. So how, how, I think it's got to be. How do we know that they got the private key? Uh, because Big Cadell from Beatcord said that they did. <laughs> well, that is good enough for me. Yeah, so uh, because they turned off um, their own... Uh, they basically froze transactions from the, their hot wallets, mm-hmm. from their internal system. And yet these transactions are still able to be made because okay. whoever did this had access to the private keys of these of these wallets. Okay. Well, that suggests... To sign transactions elsewhere, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. So does that make... That probably makes it more likely that it was an inside jowl. I would like to think so. Hence why my speculation levels are as high as 78%. Nay, 79% based on that comment right there. <laughs> so what's the other 21? Quantum. Quantum, now yes. we're talking. Quantum. Exactly. Uh, that goes on the anything could have happened. This could just be complete random chance. That goes in the imaginary science section. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. A ghost in the code mm. has deployed various coins into various different exchanges. That's where the other 21% lies, Mr. Bitcoin Bootlay. Does anyone care to continue with this KuCoin hack? No one. Fantastic news. Then let's go to some real world news, not some imaginary internet money. Um, and talk about some scammers in charge of a bank called JP Morgan and Chase & Co. Let's talk about them, Ken. <laughs> because uh, they've been they've been price fixing. They have. They've been up to their old tricks, Ken. I'm very interested to hear how they've been manipulating the price of gold and silver. Yes, Ken, um, so JP Morgan have just settled a the amount of uh, fine that they're going to pay the CFTC and possibly the SEC as well. Just less than a billion dollars, Ken. It's big money for everyone, basically, apart from a bank. But nonetheless, big money. They're paying this because they have admitted that for... A period of time in excess of 10 years or over the last 10 years they have been they have engaged in 
tens of thousands of acts of fraudulent behavior in the futures markets for, as you say, gold, silver, and a tiny little market they refer to as U.S. Treasuries, Ken. Okay. That being probably the biggest market for anything in the world. Ten years? Yeah, yeah. So um, they've said that they've found incidences. What what they were doing in these markets was spoofing, which is... um, placing orders into an order book, large, huge orders into order books that you have no intention of actually leaving there until they're filled. You're going to cancel them before anyone ever fills them. And this is a, this is a technique used to manipulate market participants' perception of how much demand or supply there is for any given, or in this case, gold, silver, and U.S. Treasury futures. Anyone who's traded crypto has seen it a lot. Yeah, so we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about giant sell walls and giant giant buy walls that no one actually has any intention of ever having filled. Uh, so how do they how do they prevent those orders executing? They they cancel them either I, pre- I presume back in the day because it's a very old technique manually and the, uh, they speculate and they have evidence that. Um, they do it algorithmically these days. So, so once it reaches, once it reaches the, a point very close to having executed, they yeah. Just draw, draw, draw it. Well, I mean, God, you've, you've got a front run with the cancel before the actual order. Exactly. Gets placed. Yeah. So I think I think that they do it um, like employing some of the technology they use to do high frequency trading, so they can literally wait until someone ha- has made an order for that. And, then, and before okay. it hits the exchange, okay. they can cancel their order, Interesting. It, assuming that they are located closer or have quicker access to the exchange than the person who made the order. Which would effectively cause slippage on the book as well, right? If right. You, if you remove a whole... Yeah. yeah, so traditionally, when that happens organically, that's exactly what slippage is. So you click to buy at a certain price, and before your order is executed the other side of the party has cancelled or the price has moved away one way or the other from yeah. what you originally but wanted. If you look at a, a kind of a sell wall and you're like, oh, I'll just buy half that wall mm-hmm. and you submit it and then they just remove the whole wall. Right. And then you're like, oh, 15K higher. But I just thought, I thought it was interesting for two reasons. First of all, because the head of JP Morgan, Jamie Diamond, is one of the most notorious crypto and Bitcoin fudders out there. This is the guy who said that he would, on the spot, fire any trader <laughs> that he found dabbling in Bitcoin on the JP Morgan trading floor. It's a, what, it's a bit of a shame you didn't pass the old metal and US Treasury desks through that same level of security, <laughs> isn't it, Jamie? Because you could have sh- saved your shareholders a billion, but whatever. Yeah, he's also said loads of other hilarious things like, um, Bitcoin isn't real. Bitcoin's going to get shut down. Loads of boomer tier nonsense. But so obviously, I was never going to miss the opportunity to point out that his own bank is absolutely balls deep in all the nefarious activities that they um, claim are front like yeah. throughout crypto. That's, which that's is, common which amongst, true. amongst a lot of people. Like people, you know, people that are very um, anti-gay turn out to be gay right know, all of that kind of i think it's like so you're saying that jamie diamond actually loves bitcoin uh, uh, i thought yeah. you were gonna say actually loves cop <laughs> <laughs> you know allegedly but yeah but but yes he's projecting yeah right 100 percent. yeah and the other thing is is we've got to remember that these are futures markets 
And what did they say was one of their biggest concerns when people were trying to get Bitcoin futures up and running? So, oh, these these markets are rife for manipulation. Not like all the regulated markets that we watch really closely, like the U.S. Treasury futures market. <laughs> you lunatics! So, did did they? Was there any information about? how much money they actually made from these activities. I think they paid about 350 odd million back in restitution to third parties that claim that they suffered a loss oh, as a okay. result of this. But you've got to remember, they're talking about tens of thousands of incidences of mm. this. So I feel like that's the amount that they could put their finger on and say like, okay, we can definitely, definitely identify people have paid a higher price than they should or sold for a lower price than yep. they should based on this activity. But over 10 years, I feel in, in market, the markets are so massive. Mm -hmm. You've got to think this is an absolute drop in the ocean as it always is when these toothless regulators yep. try to fine banks. Yep. It's, it's because a billion yeah. dollars sounds like a billion dollar fine sounds like a shitload of money yeah. to normal people, but they don't realize that JP Morgan's assets are like, what yeah. I think over 3 trillion or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> So it's just literally a squirt of piss in the yeah. face of a tornado mm. when it comes to their finances. But yeah, the, the worst thing was that they, the CFT, CFTC said, oh, this is the highest amount that we have ever recovered from any financial institution. Good one us. I mean, that's fucking shameful. Yeah. It's pathetic and shameful. Yeah. I quite like how brazen these guys are. There's a, there's a quote here from a Treasury's trader from a chat in 2012 described his success in moving the market by tricking high-frequency traders as just a, a little razzle-dazzle to juke the algos. <laughs> Legend! <laughs> what a player! I mean, that does get me a back on board. Yeah. <laughs> Team JP Morgan, I'm not going to lie. If I was the judge on that case, but like, break it down to me in layman's terms what happened. <laughs> Listen, we were razzle-dazzle in the algos. I'm like, say no more, lads. Case closed. Yeah. Capitalism... <laughs> Wins, yeah. They were getting the high frequency bots, though. Yeah, they were razzle dazzling the lads. <laughs> yeah, were razzle dazzling a few bots. It's just Robin Hood in the algos, right? exactly. Okay. All right, good. So, we just assume that some sweet big tie wearing traders have gone over to the old the IT nerds in the corner. Mm. You know, he's he's put his hands on the back of back of some skinny man's shoulder. He started giving him a little little massage. And he's like. Derek, mate, come on. Oh, I need to stick a cell wall in. Come on, man. I doubt it. I feel like JP Morgan traders might have just been like fucking logging into the Bloomberg terminal, clicking a few buttons. Been like, take that down, Billy, before it gets there. Oh, done him. I'm fucking, I've razzled the algos again, mate. I mean, that might actually have worked. I feel uh, like that's definitely what happened. If they had, like, a, their own algo, the high-frequency firms would be like, oh, we're out getting out-competed for the... But when they just see some fucking dickhead fat finger of cell wall, they're like, no way anyone at JP Morgan's doing this. And fucking crazy Eddie from the JP Morgan gold desk has like, fucking done him again, the pussy. Yeah, I wonder how, many of, how much of the 300 million that they paid to the participants who had been duped were actually just... The other department in Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, we're going to move on from JP Morgan Chase & Co. to the CEO of Coinbase. <laughs> uh, as he's come out with a rather patrician blog post that 
tells his employees to stop getting involved in political activism at work and instead do a bit of fucking work on the Coinbase mission. That's absolutely correct, Ken. I'm reading a headline here that says, Coinbase offers exit package for employees not comfortable with its mission. From theblockcrypto.com. Have we got a, have we got a snippet of the mission? Uh, yeah, he laid it out pretty... He, so he wrote quite a lengthy blog post, mm. and he was like... It was pretty good because he was very polite, but you just simmering under the surface. Okay. You could feel his hatred for the people he's talking about. Okay. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> so he starts off being like, oh, well, God, 2020 has been a challenging year for us all. And then he's talking about um, how some companies have experienced activism and he thinks that it's detracted from value. He talked a lot about cohesion uh within a workforce which i thought was very pertinent very astute point that i think has been lost on uh the people in charge of corporate culture for at least a decade now he says that basically he wants coinbase to be run like and i quote a championship team he included a picture of Michael Jordan and some other sports ballers. Okay, so in- not <laughs> so not championship in the British football sense because no, no, not, no, no, no. In tall man, league. in tall man, hoopy ball. Sense. Oh, okay. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so he included some Michael Jordan and his teammates. Okay, and to imply that that's how he wants Coinbase run like the 1988 Chicago Bears or whatever they are. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not that. Yeah. yeah, so he he was using this analogy for a lot of and he said, I want Coinbase run like a championship team. And the team, everyone on the team thinks about the mission first. Everyone on the team thinks about the team first, okay. the direction first. And I want focus. I want concentration from everyone. What, what I don't want is distraction. What about LeBron? LeBron's pretty... Uh, no, you see, he's yeah. exactly the kind of person he would never put yeah. on there. Why? That's because LeBron is not focused on the mission. He's okay. focused on what he's going to write on his next T-shirt but he is on his also game. also one of the berets of all time. Well, I personally feel like Jordan would, Jordan would absolutely no, wreck him. I said but, one of. I said right. one of. So but is- yeah, but that's a great that's a great contrast. He didn't put LeBron in the yeah. picture. He put Jordan. Yeah. Why? Because Michael Jordan didn't give a shit about socialism. I tell you why. Because <laughs> Michael Jordan sold a shitload of Nike. Yeah. There you go. Jordan gives a shit about winning and gambling, and God bless him for that. <laughs> does he do loads of gambling? He does a shitload of gambling. What a legend! Mm. Apparently, he was a bit of a nightmare on the golf course because oh, he'd just start doing the, doing everyone's bollocks on every single hole. That'd be amazing. Nice. They think that's why he went to play baseball for a bit because yeah. him and his dad got deep into some gambling drama <laughs> and they were like, you need to get out of the NBA for a year or two till we smooth this over. Oh, wow. What is Coinbase's like vision and mission? To Fucking trade in crypto, mate. They want to be they want to be a crypto exchange. Said those words, we're a crypto exchange. But the larger vision, the larger mission is to pre- provide a global financial system that doesn't exclude anyone. And he says that the way the way we can... So that's the social aim. That's the social good they're going to do. He also said that even the best teams in the world take decades to actually um, have impact on with with aim on aims that lofty you know and he says that's one of the reasons why we're cutting out the fat here we have one mission one aim it is going to do a lot of good but we we all need to be focused on that and that alone but not there, spreading ourselves thin on a load of other issues there is, there is political activism underway and involved in achieving that aim 
right? So there, there are you know societal structures and banking systems in place that prevent what their mission. You're absolutely correct. And he said to like to your point, he said we are completely willing to engage with politics when it is directly involved with our with yeah. our mission. He said we we if there's a bill going through there's a bill in America and it's related to crypto, we absolutely reserve the right to lobby and all the rest of it. But we're gonna do so when it's directly related to to the championship team head into the championship. So I'm, I'm assuming by the position that he would, the CEO would be against uh, unionization of their workforce. I don't know. And I the reason that I say that is because one of the things that I think, so I, I would say that I'm a reluctant capitalist. Mm-hmm. And so... Me too. And, and, and often people say, oh, well, why don't you give all your money to up for tax mm-hmm. you know and all this kind of stuff it's like, well no I have to participate in the system that we're all under mm-hmm. but w- within that system I still have to I still want to feel like I can um, protest the, the things that I don't like about it right and so if I'm working for a company that I don't I don't like how they do business mm-hmm. I still have to live I still yep. have to earn a wage and, mm-hmm. the, and the idea that the free market means I can go and choose where to work is bullshit because mm-hmm. I can't just go and get another job right in software maybe that's slightly different but for most people mm-hmm. and so if you're working for a company like coinbase and that is the only job that is available to you or one of very few jobs saying that you can't also be politically active whilst doing that job is silencing he, he's yeah. not he's not saying you can't be politically active yeah. he's saying you can't be politically active at work ah so, but that's but that's even then it's like but if you're if you're not if you're trying to fight a system that you're working, for, you're spending all of your waking hours working for, right? Wh- well, what I feel time like is he expected to. Uh, I do. Then? I do feel like if it's that, if it's that onerous on you, mm. I feel like that person should look at getting another job. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is quite the attractive package on offer if you do want to go and get another job. Uh, away from Coinbase. What is this package? Because I want to go get a job there and yeah, then and just then leave. Yeah. Yes. So unfortunately, I think you need to have been working there for three years or more. Uh, oh no! To okay. get to get this best the best package, oh, yeah. but oh, they're okay. giving they're giving away a lot of good shit. Regardless, you know, if you've been working there less than three years, though, you get four months severance pay. Nice. Okay. Not right. Bad. Do you have to do some like? Stellar tutorial videos or something to get this like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the Coinbase Earn yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the website. More than three years, and you get six months severance. Fucking hell! Okay, you also get six months Cobra, whatever that is. No idea. Beer, so beer, <laughs> maybe. Quite either that, yeah. oh. you know, or there's a monthly perk of snake deliveries i don't know or you're part of the british government's like emergency response thing whatever any one of those three definitely you get six months of that continued um a seven year option exercise window even if you've been there less than two years so So if you've accrued whatever shares you've accrued in your time there you still get them okay uh don't you get five thousand dollars as well, or, or is that if you've been there less than three years? That might be if you've been there for not that much. Long. Okay, and mm. um, so it's pretty generous. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it sounds it sounds great um, if you have the luxury of just being able to find another job. Um, I just think of the people. There's, there's someone at Coinbase now who's been looking for a job and was just about to hand the notice in, yeah. and it's like, holy! Oh, yeah. 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 
suddenly gets like the righteous indignation rises up in them. Like, I've had enough of the system here. What, but what kind of activism are they talking about? He Any- mentioned in his blog post that there have been walkouts at the company. Okay. It's like the Spotify thing, right? Yeah. That the Spotify people are walking out because Joe Rogan's says mean things to some people. Yeah, it's the same it's the same activism that's going on or has been going on in every company for like 10 well well for okay. I mean depends how many decades you want to estimate but it's it's woke social activism basically. Oh, okay. That's that's what I mean by this undertone. You can tell yeah. exactly who he's directing this at. And as Beak points out it's I think he's basically getting ahead as best he can of a situation that for that firm like Spotify finds himself stuck in at the minute. I Although I'm, I'm I'm struggling to find myself on board with with the position, um, I do quite like that he is basically saying like I, we, it's not part of the company how we want to run the company, hmm. and so we're we're not gonna we're gonna make it easy and and fruitful for you to yeah. to leave. Yeah. But I, I. So he's he's lowering he's lowering that barrier as best he can for yeah. someone finding that other job. You know. Yeah, but I also think that. Um, it just reinforces the need for unionisation. <laughs> well, I mean, it is <laughs> an interesting point. Especially when the point. tech industry. It, especially when the tech yes, industry. comrade money. We <laughs> understand what yeah. your political affiliations. I, I agree with you, having read it, that... So you also talked a lot about um, how performance is key at Coinbase. You're going to get rewarded based on your performance. Yeah. You're going to get promoted based on your performance. And he also, in it, not in so many words, said that you're going to be replaced based on your performance as well. So I think on that basis, we can safely say that he won't be <laughs> creating the Coinbase union anytime soon. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, unionization is something that, I don't know, it's, it's, it's more or less dead in all our economies, unfortunately, mm. so... I'm a bit torn on this. There's there's a bit of me that's saying, hold tight, Brian based Armstrong for being sticking to his guns and being this is what we're going for. But also going back to his blog post from two thousand and sixteen. Yeah. Uh where he laid out Coinbase's kind of vision, mission and stuff. He talks about equality of opportunity and actually if you're inherently cutting out a chunk of society because of their views to not work in your establishment that is not like I get if if you can't keep it at home like and draw that line fine you might be stepping the mark but I don't know so I'd, if I were to play devil's advocate for a second I'd probably say that I think that would, would does that not relate more to thing like the characteristics that people can't change? Whereas, um, even if you are of a certain political bent, you can choose whether or not you express those points of view in the workplace. Yeah. So I feel like it's but so if you if they if there was a walkout in Coinbase where Coinbase had chosen not to list a coin for whatever reason, and actually. A large majority of the workforce decided, or, or some minority of the workforce decided, uh, like that coin is all about banking the unbanked, and you're just being, you're just choose like for some reason you guys have made a different decision. Is I, is that no? Um, would that be allowed, or is that not? allowed? That's absolutely allowed. So he says he's not. He said he, he's not talking about stifling dissent at Coinbase. Not talking about. Uh, he said that that's what healthy teams need is constant 
disagreement, the open debate, all but the rest of the it. Dissent that he wants to engage. Allow. Only no, yeah. no, only only dissent that's related to Coinbase's business. So what what kinds of issues are they people walking out on that aren't related to their business? That I do not know. Yeah. There wasn't really much because, detail about what the that's what, the thing that I'm yeah. struggling with. But is that, I, it, is it really much speculation for us to say that it's 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 going to be woke SJWs being like Coinbase is racist or whatever they whatever they always say in every place they go? It could be I don't know maybe he's like committed a load of money to the Trump campaign because no 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 I don't think he would have done that because he's saying they only their 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 company is only going to engage in politics when it's about crypto. He actually specifically said that disagreements on things like political candidates and political campaigns if, are not to be... But if Trump, that's what we're getting rid of. But if Trump was backing crypto... That would be fine. Yeah. But, but for them, them to support the Trump campaign, mm. knowing that Trump, you know, if, with, where you want, how you want to take it, that he didn't dismiss white supremacy hard enough, mm. and then they're also going to give money because he's backing crypto. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you're also funding the person that we don't believe is... is, a, is backing the causes for the best of society but are they are they going to help him get to the championship game but that's what but i think that's the point is that it's easy it's easy for him to come out and say oh um dissent is fine as long as it's within these boundaries and that's not and he's basically is it's him putting boundaries on what 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 um what discourse he's going to allow is is dictatorship it's not democracy and businesses aren't democracies right yeah yeah, I mean, believe you me, um, as a man very tired of the uh, limits on open debate, <laughs> I'm, uh, I hear you, but I think it's different when it's a private company. Yeah, but that's the thing. And, and, and so that's why I find myself torn to that he, ha- he has the power to make those decisions and do that because he has, he has that power. And it's up to the people in those businesses to, to not ask him for permission mm. to do it, but to, to find ways that that he, they don't need his permission. Okay. But if if what if 80% of his workforce took him up on his offer? He's fucked. Surely. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But but, he, but he's gambling. Um, no, so. but, he's, but he's also relying on the fact that most people can't afford to quit their jobs. They can't. That's how the system is run. It, yeah. It's running on the fact that most people need job security. I think I think it is bold for him to do it given that it's a San Francisco based company. But he does also say that he believes that the vast majority of people that were, are working at Coinbase at, will actually... Have the shared values. And, yeah, first yeah. of all, have the values, but also like this because uh, because it's he's um, make, accompanying this by saying that we are pushing towards much greater internal cohesion. We are a team. We are all working together. We are all focused on the same thing. Fight, sure, absolutely. We have our disagreements here, there, and wherever. But when we're within these four walls, we are we are a co- cohesive unit who pushes towards the goal. And I've got to say, I think that was probably the single most refreshing idea in the whole thing because I think that has been undermined in corporate culture for decades now by woke activism. Can I also just confirm which, which have made which have made having a job that little bit less bearable. So fuck <laughs> those people. Um when you say San Francisco based, you're not endorsing them. You're saying that's where they're located. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna uh, leave, leave, leave that one up for the listener to decide. <laughs> Spiriting debate. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Jordy Prince. Um the next part of the show notes I believe has been put in here by the Mr. Crypto Beak. 
and I don't understand the first word. It's a company name, I believe. But apparently MicroStrategy are holding all of their cash reserves in Bitcoin, which sounds incredibly exciting. Um, why is Bitcoin better than the uh, the US dollar? The Federal Federal Reserve scam token. Because it goes up. There's only 21 million of them. <laughs> <laughs> how many more reasons do you need? Yeah. How, how many times can... How divisible are they? Uh, really super divisible, bro. More than a dollar. How many small places? Is it eight? I believe eight, yes. Yeah. There's only 21 million of them. But anyway, the best part of this is MicroStrategy, very big public company. The CEO... Hang on, but what, what do they do? Uh... Business intelligence, apparently the biggest business on a small scale. Biggest, <laughs> I think the the biggest business intelligence company intelligence company in the world. Now I don't actually know what that means, Bubbly, but I believe right, I'll do some digging. But whatever business intelligence is, is what they do, and they've got like five hundred million revenue. They're big shots. They're publicly listed. They're big timers. The CEO a few years ago bafflingly said bitcoin is going the same way as internet gambling which people took to mean going down to his despite, despite both having a meteoric rise yeah it's very very strange but anyway now he's on board with it and he i think he read that the eos founder got rich or something and he started looking into crypto and he started reading all the bitcoin maximalist material and he managed to shield himself on Bitcoin to the point at which he was like, if we hold our money in fiat, it's going to be worth nothing soon. It's going to buy so few loaves of bread when, oh, yeah, okay. when fiat right. gets fucking fucked up, whatever. Do you know how many sandwiches their staff eat at lunchtime? <laughs> right, okay. That 400 million will barely cover our lunch bill in 2023. So he... He shielded himself, and then he put sent all this, like the Bitcoin standard book and shit, to his board of directors. They all read all this uh, Bitcoin maximalist stuff, and they were all like, "How, guys? How much longer can we survive without keeping all our money in Bitcoin?" <laughs> <laughs> and they wrote a little press release that said, "Over the next twelve months, we may." Uh, diversify our portfolio outside of the traditional bonds and cash and whatever into other investments. One week later, they put like half of all the cash they had into Bitcoin. And then after they had this three-month period of talking with directors, figuring out how they do it, press release, bang, half of it in Bitcoin. Then a few days ago, they put another 200 million into Bitcoin. So they've got like 450 to around $450 million worth of Bitcoin. Uh, everyone's taking notice because their share price has gone up. Because So what I was thinking was, this is the official spiel. They're like, Bitcoin is digital gold. If we don't hold it, we're going to get inflated away by corrupt fiat. You're welcome. But it kind of gives people a way to invest in Bitcoin through... It's like another... I was going to say, is MicroStrategy now one of the better Bitcoin, Bitcoin ETFs? ETFs? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. You're stacking sats because all the money that MicroStrategy make, buying sats. And uh, their share price went up like 10% when they did it. So loads of people are saying that like that is going to, it's the equivalent of 2017 when people just changed their business name to include blockchain and their yeah. share price skyrocketed. 
But <laughs> now if, everyone's wise to that gambit. You actually have to own some, yeah. to own some crypto. But it'll be hilarious to see MicroStrategy's market cap swinging up and down with bitcoins. <laughs> it's going to be absolute top bands. The MicroStrategy CEO Michael J. Saylor is clearly on a complete mental one, and has somehow managed to shield his all his shareholders into buying into this. Uh, great bants. Hopefully, a few more companies go on this kind of wild ride, and this has real potential to pump our bags. P money. Um, tomorrow's agenda with Fiat Fee. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to put it out there. Mm. Probably going to follow the MicroStrategy strategy. Mm. Yeah. Right. Very nice. Also, have you seen their um, their stock price history? Does look like a crypto chart <laughs> where back in nineteen. 19- like late 1999, it had a massive, like, oh, that'll be the dot thousands thing, of it? percent pump. Yeah, the dot To com. then come flying back down again <laughs> and gradually recovered over the last 20 years. Yeah, he's just been looking for the same thing ever since, and he's yeah. finally found it. He's <laughs> like, how am I going to pump the microstrategy but, bags? Like, th- this is a legit company, and you go to their website, and they've got their microstrategy intelligence everywhere. And then they've got except at the board down, level <laughs> down, down the uh, down the left hand side of their main menu. They've got hyper intelligence, business intelligence, demos, education, support, careers about us, Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, I Absolutely love like it. Uh, Gotta give this guy a lot of props because he clearly hate. He clearly thought Bitcoin was complete nonsense, but with an open mind started learning about the subject. He got on crypto Twitter and he started to talk about like the luminaries of Bitcoin and it's like all these fucking morons. (laughs) I forgot, I forgot I did a bit of copywriting work for Michael J. Saylor. If you go on the Bitcoin page of microstrategy.com, the first words, Bitcoin is a swarm of cyber hornets serving the (laughs) goddess of wisdom, (laughs) feeding on the fire of truth exponentially growing ever smarter faster and stronger behind a wall of encrypted energy wow that is kenworthy yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well i bet he didn't just riff that after a couple of beers on a wednesday night though. no he absolutely did not he's yeah. smarter he faster stronger stewing on it isn't that a, a daft punk song. daft punk song yeah, yeah. He, i didn't buy it to sell it ever what? Nice. What, what, what? The Bitcoin. Yeah, a real. That's a real genius move, Michael. <laughs> I did. I didn't buy it to sell it ever. Good stuff. What does that mean? Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> he said he's got another absolutely great quote where he says something like, "If in a hundred years my successor is looking at this thing, we'll know it was a success." It's like, Michael, have what? you just been smoking crack for the, the entire <laughs> lockdown? What are you talking about, my friend? That's just long-term like, vision. Just like, hey, uh, shareholders, we're, we're going to collect a load of Bitcoin. We're not going to pay any dividends. This Bitcoin isn't going to produce anything for us. Oh, and by the way, we're never going to sell it. Oh, we're going to reinvest this in the company. No, no, we're going to keep it in a cold wallet. Good one, <laughs> you fucking mad bastard. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, if he'd have kept, like, if they're like, we're going to keep 2% of all our cash reserves in Bitcoin, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty what? smart. Like, <laughs> And risk 98% in the fraudulent Federal Reserve note. <laughs> but he's really, he's gone off the deep end, and God bless him for it. Hold tight, Michael. I couldn't respect it more. 
I'm, I'm fully on board now. Yeah. What else we got, Ken? That is all the crypto news we have. You've closed your laptops. So you're you're ready to finish. So um, why don't why don't we bring this show to a close? Um, Good call, Ken. Yeah. What do I normally say? Fuck! It's been far too long. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been it's been so long since I've done a podcast listener that I can't really remember how we outro. Normally, it would be something we all sweet say good night to you, like off uh, the Waltons for some reason. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll bring that back. That's Thank what you. we do. Yeah, we yeah. make sure to yeah. do that. Yeah. Fucking Can we not awful. Get night or rappers out. Oh, if you haven't listener, head on over to Spotify. Uh, type in Michael XI. Do we really want to give him any extra listens? Uh, he's got a surprising amount, like more than one. Yeah, I mean, right. Well, we all listened about seven times to the song, so <laughs> I've, yet, I've still yet to listen. I haven't I heard it. Yeah. Right, we're, we're going to play it then. after this. Right. We right. I hope, get, I hope it's gonna, not copyright. Are we get a copyright strike if I if I put it on. Uh, I really listened to it, Kat. I've li- I I had to stop, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Is KT still the theme? Yeah, I can't remember how he- Mike XI. That's it, of course. Mike XI. Oh, uh, there about? he is, is the pink-haired wonder. In, in yes. Roman numerals. Right, yeah. Listener, has he got pink hair? Yes. Okay. Um, we can put it on the uh, on the old. Uh, oh. After this podcast, we're all going to listen to Mike XI. But we, I implore you, if you remember who Shil Nye is, he's now a rapper. He's got three <laughs> songs on Spotify. Oh, do we? Is who dis what we're going to listen to after this? Yes. Okay. Good. Um, one of the one of the worst pieces of music I've ever had the displeasure of listening to. Um, actually, have had to turn it off. I've never been able to listen to it all the way through. But anyway, you make up your own decisions, <laughs> listener. Mike XI on Spotify. But yeah, we've given you some crypto news. We have been Crypto Weekly. It's time to go around the studio and say good night, one and all. Geordie Prince. Good night. Good night, Ken. Bitcoin Buble. Good night, Ken. Crypto Peak. <laughs> Good night, Ken. <laughs> Dr. P Money. Good night, Ken. Good night, listener. You can follow us on Twitter at Crypto Weekly Pod. You can follow me at Crypto Ken Can. We have been Crypto Weekly. You have been informed. You're very welcome. <laughs>